You're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. You can listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast, hit subscribe and leave us a positive review and five stars. We'd appreciate that and it would help us to keep doing what we're doing. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, leading the way with specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks, and industry advocacy for more than 45 years. Major podcast sponsor, NTI, nti.com.au. Welcome back. As always, it's great to have your company. On this week's show, Angie Walsh joins Mike for a catch-up and looks at the industry from the point of view of a smaller independent business operator. A little later in the show, Mike shares his information and experiences of his submission to the Rural and Regional Affairs and Transport Senate Committee meeting. We've got our regular news segment, plus some great new music from a band that's taking the US country rock music scene by storm. But first, to get us out of the blocks, it's been way too long since we played some kick-ass music from On The Road's great friend, Jane Denham. So to rectify that oversight, here's Jane with her trucking great classic, Trucker Chicks. Hey everyone, this is Jane Denham and you're listening to Mike and Andy On The Road. Keep trucking. Chicks are gonna ride the ring, move over 
everyone, Kermie here. Hope you're travelling well, staying safe and on the right side of the white line, by which of course I mean the left. I also hope you're tuning in to the On The Road podcasts with Mike and Andy, because if you're not, two things will happen. One, you'll be missing out on some great interviews, a good few laughs, and what's generally going on out there in truckland. Uh, what's the other thing? Ah, that's it. You won't have heard this plug for On The Road. Hmm. Okay then, so, those of you who are already on here, go and tell your mates about On The Road. They can find it on Spotify or iTunes at On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. But you knew that, didn't you? Because you're already... Yeah, look, just go and sell them, okay? Cheers and take care of you. G'day, this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. My good friend Angie Welsh helped me start the water run back to December before last. She did all the back end work. She set up the Facebook page. She set up the web page. Everything that needed to be doing that I was technically unable to do, Angie did that. Now Angie's a small fleet owner, obviously employs a few people. She's in a specialised area of transport and she's also on the council of the ATA. How are you Angie? It's been a while since we had a chat. Thank you for your kind words. It's been way too long, Mike, since we've had a chat. You certainly did put in an awfully big effort with the water run, and I know that there were many, many people very appreciative of getting the water at the desperate times during the drought. Well, a lot of people put in a lot of work. I was just a talking head. That's all I was. Oh, there were a lot of amazing people, that's for sure. There were. It was a great project, and it wouldn't have got started without your help, so thanks to you for that. Oh, so, you're a small fleet owner. Do you want to tell us what you actually do? We've got three trucks now, so we've only just slightly increased in size. It is a very specialised area. We mostly do caravans, camper vans. We'll do the occasional boats, transporting them into an interstate. So, we go through many of the states and territories of Australia. We use a lot of contractors as well because we've been very, very lucky with our customers and the repeat customers that we get. Yep. So you're on the ATA, on the council at the ATA? I am at the moment, yes. How did you manage to get into that role? What motivated you to do it and how did you get there? So a couple of years ago, when the last lot of elections were, which is actually now two years ago, because there's now another opportunity for a small business owner, if they wish to, to go on board with the council and put their name forward. At that time, I was looking at the changes that were being bandied around in relation to the National Heavy Vehicle Legislation. I tend to have a little bit of an interest in the legislation and I find it quite overwhelming for most people to understand how much legislation the transport industry actually has. And it frustrates me that every single person is expected to know every piece of legislation down to the nth degree. So I wanted to be part of the changes with the National Heavy Vehicle Law and actually have the voice of the small end of town to have their say and just say how difficult it is to try and cope with every piece of legislation. So just as a point of interest, I've recently done some calculations. I ended up giving up counting when I got to a thousand pieces of legislation that relate specifically to my business alone. Wow. And that doesn't include dangerous goods. It doesn't include a number of other areas. So 
it's pretty easy for any one of us to get knocked off, I guess is possibly the easiest way of putting it, getting a fine, getting some sort of penalty for breaching some piece of legislation mm-hmm. from any one of a number of the enforcement bodies. And there are plenty of enforcement bodies as well. Yeah. So as a result of that, I actually put my name forward. There was then an election held because there were two of us that actually applied for the position and I was gobsmacked, I'm not going to lie, but I was actually elected. And in this last two years, I've been involved in plenty of conversations, not just with the ATA, but as part of the council, I've also been able to talk with some of the state road authorities, a whole range of different organisations in regards to this legislation. So do you feel as though that your role on the Council of the ATA has made a difference? Has it made a difference to you or do you feel as though you've been able to contribute in a positive way? I think I was very naive going in and wasn't really clear on what the expectations were on what I would or wouldn't be able to do. COVID certainly put in a lot of hiccups for everybody as well. So through the last two years, I have absolutely benefited in a very big way, particularly with making some good connections with people and being able to know what exactly was going on with COVID. Mm. In relation to the legislation side of things, I have learnt so much. I'm not going to lie. There are so many different perspectives to look at. And I know there's been some really good points that I've made that have come forward However, compared to the knowledge of many, many people, it's really good to have a lot of different heads having opinions, just so that I've got a better understanding of the industry. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure how much of an impact the industry has on the legislation. Right. So when it comes to these council meetings and the discussions that you have around the table, obviously you're going to talk about a broad range of subjects, and I don't expect you to divulge any information there, but can you tell us anything juicy, Angie? (laughs) I think most of the things we talk about are always juicy because it's always something that's important to somebody Mm. and there's always going to be others that are completely against it. Mm. Right at the very start of being on the council, I was very, very surprised to see the Transport Workers Union no longer participating in it. Mm. They're no longer members of the Australian Trucking Association, which is extraordinarily sad because they do have a voice that's needed specifically for the drivers more so than anybody else. Yeah. But they actually now don't have a say within the biggest association for the transport industry, and I find that extraordinarily sad. Well, I could say plenty about the TWU, and I don't think this is the time or the place. (laughs) A lot of us have a lot of different things to say, Mike. Well... (laughs) I find it very hard to contain myself sometimes. I think that they're supposed to represent the drivers and I feel that sometimes they just don't. The fact that we still have guys sitting around at distribution centres that aren't getting paid to sit there and have no choice. (laughs) I have to say, it is not just the distribution centres. Even with us, we have some amazing customers. We have some large customers mm. and their knowledge, skills and experience in regards to chain of responsibility is negligible. Mm. They're also disinterested. So if they send you to go and pick something up and we do mostly manufacturers to dealers yep. and we'll go to a manufacturer who have already told the dealer that they've completed the item that we're supposed to be collecting mm. And then we'll get a driver there who's really nicely rested, ready to go and transport that item the best that they can in the times that they've got under the framework. And then they've got to sit there and wait for eight, nine hours sometimes because the caravans mostly, they weren't ready. Mm. They wanted the dealer to pay 
And when the dealer pays, they only pay when it's ready. So we've got people who will sit there sometimes overnight. Wow. And once you lose that time, you cannot get it back. No. We'll be back for the rest of this great chat right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Unfortunately for the driver in a lot of cases, I mean, I know, sitting around waiting for things in my previous experiences, mm-hmm. the day goes on but the pay doesn't go on. That's been my mantra for quite some time now. Anyone that's a regular listener to the podcast will know why I say that. <laughs> You know, it frustrates the hell out of me that you've got an employee who's sitting there. The poor guy or girl has got no choice but to sit there. They can't go down the road for a coffee or something like that. You know, most times they're long-distance people are away from home, so they can't just go home and say, call me when it's ready. Correct. They've got no free time to go and do things. They haven't even got any transport. They can't drive their truck down to the supermarket or down to the shopping centre to do a bit of shopping. Yep. Because if they do, they get hammered. Oh, absolutely. It's certainly something that people just don't think about or care about generally, except for the drivers. Mm. And rightly so. I honestly believe a driver's time is more valuable because they've only got a certain number of hours in a day that they're allowed to be doing what they need to do. Mm. And if somebody interrupts that time, they've lost that time. They can't get it back. They can't make up that time. It really frustrates me when you get somebody who turns up, they're fully refreshed, ready to go. And yet, oh, no, you'll have to wait seven hours, but you're not allowed to wait here because of chain of responsibility. We don't want to know what you're doing. So go away and get some sleep and then come back refreshed. It's like, well, they've just had a sleep for however many hours they've had ready refreshed. They can't go back to sleep. I'm sorry I'm laughing in the background, Angie, but it's a cynical, frustrated laugh. I know. You know how many times I've heard people say that and then, you know what happens next? You know what they say to you next? Which is? (laughs) They say, well, no one holds a gun to your head, mate. You don't have to be a truck driver. Well, (laughs) everybody says that in every industry. But at the end of the day, if the truck drivers were given the respect that they deserve, then all of this stuff should have been resolved. However, when it comes down to it, people think that a truck driver is just a truck driver, and that's a load of garbage. We've seen all of the mantra of, oh, yes, they're essential workers, they're this, they're that. Well. How about the essential workers actually be looked after? How about the essential workers be given at least the basics in life, like being able to go to the toilet appropriately, Mm. go and have a shower to help them revive themselves, help them to eat decent food, help look after their mental health as opposed to telling people, I'm sorry, go away for seven hours even though you're rested, come back and then do a full driving shift. Mm. 
but by the way, you're not allowed to drive when you're fatigued. By the way, you're not allowed to drive at the times when you actually are ready to drive again. You can only drive during these periods of time. Mm. And all of these other sorts of things that I wanted to try and have a voice for for the small room to town, as I said, with the council. Mm. Then you get the National Transport Commission who are doing the review. And I can say with a lot of frustration And we did briefly mention before, Mike, about the amount of respect the NTC are giving towards Mm. the associations and even the individuals who've put themselves out there. At the end of the day, the transport industry is getting a relatively little say Mm. in what the legislation is going to be, even though we are the biggest stakeholder in this legislation. It's like we've got about a 10% say in the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I obviously don't need to start you, mate. You're winding yourself up now. Oh, no. <laughs> it's definitely something that everybody is wound up about. But this is something where everybody's saying, oh, well, those truck drivers are tired. They shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be doing that. Mm. They wouldn't need to if they were actually given some sort of reasonableness. Mm. Now, I know we've got to have things down to the lowest common denominator, which is extraordinarily sad. Mm. But we have many fine men and women who are driving and they've been hamstrung because the legislation is the black and white side of things and that's what you've got to do. Mm. I found it very hard to disagree with anything you said. Are you being serious about this, Mike? I'm not going to get an argument from you. Well, I can't take the opposing point of view when you talk (laughs) sense. Yeah. I don't want to be the devil's advocate. It's not that... (laughs) Well, the reality of it is, Angie, you and I both know that there are the way things should be yeah. and there are the way things are. Correct. And we sort of try and live in the grey area if we can. And it doesn't matter who you talk to. I mean, I have had, you know, off the record phone calls with people who might surprise some of the listeners. Mm. And they do understand, I think, but they're powerless to do anything about it. And that's the extraordinarily sad part. Mm. This should be a time for the transport industry Mm. that we do have some power in helping guide how our workers are going to be able to get home safely. And it doesn't appear to be the case. Yeah, well, I have the fortunate opportunity, Glenn Stirl's bringing his inquiry to Sydney on February 9. Awesome. And I have a slot booked in to go there and present the evidence that I intend to present to the Senate committee. And if anyone's interested, they can go to our webpage on the roadpodcast.com.au. In the Mike's Articles tab, they can read exactly the evidence that I'm going to present to the Senate committee. So there you go. Yeah, and Mike, you know I've actually read that. Have you? Yes, I have. Of course I have. Mm. I've had a read through of it, and there are so many things that make sense. There have been some incredible people who have also put themselves out there as well, and they've already given evidence Mm. at the different inquiries. One would hope, however, that at the end of this, somebody will listen to the results of it. Mm. And will that be at a time when it's too late to actually make the differences in the actual legislation that will be put forward and all the guidance notes that are inevitably going to follow should there be adequate changes within the reviewed legislation? Well, I'd like to think that when Glenn and his fellow senators put together the uh, report, that if there is anything of any value in it, relevant people in power actually have the common sense to act on the recommendations. And you've just hit the nail on the head, the common sense term. Yeah, well, we'll see. Common sense isn't that common anymore, I don't think. (laughs) No, it's why we have a lot of the health and safety laws. Oh, yes. (laughs) 
Mate, it's been a great pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, I do appreciate you coming on the show. If ever you have anything that you feel that you'd like to say, really don't be a stranger. Oh, look, they don't come much stranger, but um, <laughs> it's always great having a chat with you, Mike. Yeah. We always do end up having quite a deep conversation at times. <laughs> and I really love the podcast because you've had some great diversity that comes on. Thanks, Angie. Catch up with you later. All right. Talk soon. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers. And when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road. But when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. (laughs) On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Top of the morning to you, Mike. And to you, mate. How are you? Doing awfully well, thank you. But it's only early in the day, so... (laughs) (laughs) Call me back later this evening and I'll report in. Yeah, well, I haven't punched anyone yet, so we're good. Uh, (laughs) Now, first up, Mike, one from the People of Strange files. Mm -hmm. In these days of diversity, I just read that a young couple in Victoria who say they self-identify as television antennas just got married. (laughs) Did you see that? No, I haven't seen it, but I'm scared to ask. That all went well. Apparently the service was lovely, but the reception was terrible. <laughs> you try and do it to me. You throw me off the game nearly every time. I'm going to have to get you one day. One day I'm going to think about this and get you. Oh, you get me frequently, mate. It's all good. <laughs> On a more serious note, and it is very serious, mate. Yes. Queensland police are calling for two truck drivers who may have witnessed an incident on the Bruce Highway on Monday to come forward. Yep. They're hoping they can assist them with their investigations after a 38-year-old man was struck and killed by a passing vehicle. It's a tragedy, this. Now, I would say to anyone who was travelling on the Bruce Highway near Moglino Road around 1.40am on that day, just have a look at your dash cam, have a look at what you've got, ring the police up. They're not interested in you. They want to know what we know and what we saw. There's one guy driving, looks like a white Euro truck, maybe a Volvo, and a grey one that they've got there on the traffic cameras that are nearby. So have a think about it. If you're in the area at the time, give the police a ring. You might be able to help them out. You never know what you've seen. Any detail, no matter how small, might solve this. Yeah, absolutely, and let's hope it does get solved. Indeed. Mike, the ATA is calling on the Australian government to invest in safer roads, rest areas and bridges. That's not much to ask for, is it? No, no, no. Good luck with that. Rod Hannafy's been calling for that for years. So it's nice to finally have the ATA come on board. Well, credit to the ATA. They've done a lot of work on this sort of stuff. They reckon our infrastructure is worth $110 billion. They say, while we welcome the Australian government's existing $110 billion infrastructure pipeline, Mm. It should be strengthened with further investment in truck rest areas, freight routes, regional roads, and bridge upgrades. Yeah. And our road managers need to understand that the road system is an asset that belongs to the Australian people. And it needs to be managed and it needs to be made as efficient as possible yeah. to do two things, to improve the way we deliver our services 
but also to reduce the cost and that to everyone involved. And yeah, ATA, Australian Tracking Association, making this call is not unreasonable, I think. The better our roads are, the better the safety is, the less crashes there are, the more rest areas, the more rested the drivers are. It all leads to a safer environment for everyone. Yeah, anything that improves safety and efficiency at the same time has got to be a good thing. It's a win-win, mate. Yeah. Mike, the NHVR and Queensland Police have identified evidence of an engine remapping going on at the depot of a Sunshine Coast-based trucking company. Yeah. Gee, that's terrible, isn't it? Remapping an engine. Here's the thing, mate. There seems to be a level of assumption that an engine comes in the truck, you know, remapped. Everyone knows... Now you hear about race car engines and they remap them for peak performance and they don't worry so much about fuel economy and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Truck engines are just the same. We have an engine management control module, the same as a car does in the motor. Yep. These things are all computer controlled now. There are sensors all over the place. And the assumption that you, know, you get this thing that's perfectly mapped for your application is a furphy. Yep. So yes, you can remap them to make them go faster. You can give yourself 105 instead of 100. But all these things leave a digital footprint and the police can identify who did it. Yeah. So maybe these guys were remapping them for better fuel economy. Maybe they were remapping them for a bit more torque or a bit more power or something like that. Mm. God knows why they were remapping them. The police don't say in their story. No. But we remap things all the time. Every time you go and take the truck into your engine manufacturer and they look at it and reinstall the program with different horsepower, it's remapped. Mm. I don't see the issue. To me, this is just a beat up. And until you know more details, like were they giving themselves 130, then it's an issue. Yeah. But let's go. I've got something more important to talk about. <laughs> okay. So what have you got that's more important to talk about? Well, this clown getting sacked from Transport for New South Wales. Oh, sorry, mate. Yep, I hadn't turned the page. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> This guy yeah. has been sacked from Transport for New South Wales. He was the boss of Transport for New South Wales. His contract was terminated early, and he's got an $800,000 payout. Well, plus, yeah. So that's the same as me just giving him my house mm. because he got sacked. Mm. I wish Gladys had sacked me. Yeah. Apparently, his contract was terminated with no stated reason. Yeah. Mm. No stated reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there'd be a reason. Yeah. One would say so. All I can say is I don't even want to mention this clown's name. He just says, oh, I accept this termination in the context that my documented performance, including my recent performance review with the Premier, has been satisfactory yeah. with no performance issues raised. Yeah. Well, clearly, old mate, there was a performance issue somewhere and you got sacked because of it. And I'd say good riddance to you. But gee, I wish you weren't taking quite so much of our money with you. Yeah, yeah. Leaving with a full wallet. Unbelievable. How do these guys get these payouts? I just don't, I, I don't understand. This is one of these things that just makes people like normal punters, workers, we look at this and we think, my God, that's more than 10 years' salary for most people. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's what my house is worth. Almost like getting a Rolex for coming to work if you're with Australia Post, isn't it, really? Well, yeah, I don't think it was a Rolex, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Please, Gladys, can you hear me? Sack me. Please. <laughs> there you go. How would you like to be sacked, Andy? I'll give you a pie. That'll, that'll be your payout. Yeah, you and your pies. Loose need a carton with that as well, but none of that Victorian stuff, thank you. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Take care of yourself. I'll see you in the soup. You too, buddy. Bye. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. When it comes to road transport, safety is everything. Seeing Machines Guardian minimises the risk of fatigue and distraction for drivers and provides real-time monitoring centre analysis and appropriate intervention. 
Already trusted by more than 400 of the safest road transport businesses around the world, find out how Seeing Machines Guardian can safeguard your fleet, your valuable cargo and most importantly, your drivers. Visit www.seeingmachines.com I want to give you something to talk about. The Rural and Regional Affairs and Transport References Committee held session in Sydney earlier this week and I was able to appear before and present my submission to the Senate and the committee being chaired by Senator Glenn Stirl. At this point, really, I can only say thanks to Senator Stirl for having the committee and running an inquiry into things that are happening in transport at the moment and the effort to try and find a way through and make life better for people on the road and hopefully save a few lives. I'm certainly on board with that. I've had Glenn on the show a couple of times. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that. Glenn and I don't really spar on the show, but I'll tell you, we've had a couple of little conversations in other arenas, but it's always been civil. And I respect Glenn, and I respect the stance that he takes. We are a lot closer together than we are apart on a lot of these issues. And really, it's only by talking and getting to know what the other person's got in their heart, really, to see what's going on. I honestly think Glenn's going to do his best to present the information and have it heard. And I really do hope, as I said to Glenn, it doesn't sit on some shelf somewhere gathering dust after all the work that's been done to collect the information. I did appear after Emeritus Professor Michael Quinlan, who was there by video link. I'm familiar with his work, and a lot of us would have heard of the Quinlan Report. His work into fatigue, fatigue management, and the effects it has on drivers is unparalleled. His review of the literature and presentation that I heard at the inquiry on Tuesday was just fantastic. I thank him and all the other people that presented on the day. I didn't manage to stick around for all of it, but I was there for the majority. I thank my employers for the opportunity to have the time to go and present my submission and the indulgence they've afforded me to pursue the projects I've pursued. I really wouldn't be able to do it without them. So please have a chat with your mates and if you've got any ideas about how to make our lot better on the road, jot them down. Send Senator Stirl an email. I'm sure he'd like to read it. I think it might be a bit late for submissions now because the inquiry is winding up, but he will at least read what you've got to say. We've got a long way to go and while we just keep accepting that our friends, colleagues, family members are dying on the road, that's an acceptance that we're happy that families are broken, families are destroyed, kids are orphaned husbands and wives widowed or become widowers it's unacceptable i don't think there's anyone in the industry at any level that accepts the numbers that we see sometimes on the road some of this stuff is a little bit close to the bone for me and as i said in the inquiry i've stood beside the graves of colleagues and mates with their names on the walls in various places in the country but for the grace of god my name is not there as well we do need to think about what we're doing we do need to think about the reasonable steps and I did present some solutions to Senator Stirler and the inquiry, which really are simply the stroke of a pen to change some legislation to allow some things to happen. I did recommend a pragmatic look at the weight and length laws to allow for longer sleeper berths to be used so we can have a little bit more weight over the steer axle and maybe get some of those bigger sleeper berths in so that while all the rest areas don't have facilities in them, at least we can have the facilities in our trucks for long-distance drivers to prepare a meal, to have at least a toilet. 
I know it's hard to have a shower in that as well, but really a couple of extra feet in length and a couple of extra kilos over the steer would make all the difference. I'm fairly sure that if these strokes of the pen were made, we would have someone at Kenworth on the design drawing board tomorrow afternoon trying to work out a way that they could make that happen. And we might have someone like Volvo saying, well, perhaps the VNL might be a truck that we can sell in Australia. I cannot see for the life of me why we can't have that stuff to give us a chance to have a better life on the road and give our occupational health and safety some consideration. The reality of it is that some of the rest areas don't have facilities. As my friend Ken Wilkie said, one of the first things that you want to do when you pull up for a break is go and ease the strain on your body one way or another. And if you don't have facilities, then you end up soiling the rest area, which has its own effect down the track. If you do want to see what I said, you can go to the On The Road podcast webpage and you can see my written submission, which was presented to the Senate. Or you can go to the Transport Inquiry podcast Facebook page and view the video that Steve Corcoran thoughtfully did. Obviously, you'll be able to read the transcript of Hansard when it comes out. Or you can go to the On The Road podcast page and you can see the video that was provided by the Transport Inquiry podcast. Have a talk about it. There's something to talk about, what we do and where we go down the track. And don't be afraid to get in touch with me via my email or phone. If you want to appear on the podcast and talk about this stuff, I'm more than happy to. Let's just keep pushing the message that takes all of us, every single one of us in the road transport industry, to do our bit and make a difference. As I've said, it's all about the motivation. Keep it safe and we'll see you on the road. To ease us on out from our show this week, here's a brand new band out of the American Deep South who are making a big impact everywhere they go. The band is called Midland and they're on the way up. So hit your cruise control and have a listen to Put The Hurt On Me.
On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer, leading the way with specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks, and industry advocacy for more than 45 years. For all your transport insurance needs, visit the website at nti.com.au. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the podcast, offer suggestions, or just let us know what's on your mind, send us an email to mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week for the next episode On The Road. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions. Mm-hmm.